Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. They don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I wish he'd stay off Twitter. I don't care. I don't care anymore. Well, either way. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. I'm here determined to stop this future atrocity. It's just not a natural thing we would do in our society. You don't see that. Yes. Two things that have only never let me down in this entire country's history. The First Amendment and Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Let me tell you, the one that matters is me. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. And your okay. question is? This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor! A dimly lit room on a Monday deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. New week. Oh, the possibilities that hang out there. Do you get promoted to regional manager, or do you get sent to your car with a cardboard box? All could happen this week, and there are some days I prefer the latter. Yeah. <laughs> could be a sweet relief. You don't know. Uh, today, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. A major announcement. 
I, Joe Getty, find Jack Armstrong to be morally unfit to be the co-host. Boy, what's the moral standard for this job? (laughs) (laughs) And that, you know, that pronouncement will have about the same effect as James Comey's. That's interesting. So that's your opinion, huh? I gotta go do something over here. I'll tell you what, I took in a lot of commentary on Comey's book over the weekend. Everyone agrees. Everyone. Uh, I, I got some uh, I got some clips for you, including Clint, a Clinton campaign uh, higher up who said the whole color of his skin, hair comments. What is that? What are you doing there? I'll tell you. Exactly Everybody what you're agrees doing. Oh, that yeah. that was a terrible idea. So, so. you know, it's it's <laughs> it's not really the greatest thing to do in a book. If you were writing a book about leadership, and it had nothing to do with any of this other stuff, to just take personal shots but the president. But if your entire point is he's morally unfit and I am morally fit, mm. I operate on a higher plane, then, then what are you doing? Well, you're, exactly. Your question is correct, but you've answered it. If your premise is to prove that the man is morally unfit, blah, 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 that doesn't make sense. If you're purpose is purely to sell as many books as possible it makes perfect sense yeah james comey's in the publishing business now i just heard great analysis of that that was um thank you i'm here all week (laughs) (laughs) because he had angered the democrats and the republicans so much Usually when, when one of these political books comes out, it, it one side or the other just loves it. Sure. So the Fox crowd all buys it or the, you know, the, the other side, which is all the rest of the media, all that, all those people buy it. But he doesn't have that crowd naturally. Because everybody's pissed Because at him. he pissed off everybody. So he decided to go all in on the anti-Trump side to get that crowd to buy his books. He mentioned last night that his wife and daughter were at the uh, the Women's March on the day Trump was elected. Oh, and they're both big Hillary fans. Yeah, and all that sort of stuff. And, and so he spoke in their language with the whole orange skin, white eyes, small hands stuff and decided, you know what, I'm doing the Stephen Colbert thing. Mm-hmm. Just trying to play it down the middle. You're not, I'm not going to sell any books. I need to be all in one side or the other. And he chose that side. Right. So Which, that, yeah. you know, as guys like us, is too bad. Although I don't mind the gossipy stuff, I just laugh at it and forget it. Um, it's but, just it's you can't justify it from any sort of being serious standpoint. Oh no, absolutely not. No, nope. selling books. It has to be because uh, an editor, a friend, a wife, anybody who looked at the book before he wrote it had to say, "James, the stuff about the size of his hands, really? You're undermining your gra- gravitas." I'm looking at the title of the book. Which is, I'm up on a horse with a crown and a scepter and, and angels on my shoulders because I'm so high right. above everyone else as I look down and judge the world. And you're putting this crap in here? Mm-hmm. Look, I got to sell books. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the general manager was almost a tale of two books. You got the Comey book, which is I, St. James, Find Donald Trump Lacking. I think that's the <laughs> title. Um <laughs> Uh, and he certainly is in a lot of ways. But uh, the other book that's coming out, and we're going to talk to the author tomorrow, Jonah Goldberg, Suicide of the West, How the Rebirth of Tribalism, Populism, Nationalism, and Identity Politics is Destroying American Democracy. It is a great, serious, interesting, entertaining book about the politics of the land that I think everybody ought to read, left, right, and center. And, and it's not going to get nearly the attention of the hit piece on Trump. What? Yeah, that's the way it is. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo. 
pressing buttons, flipping toggles. He pulls levers. He runs foot pedals like it's a, a church organ or something. How are you this morning, Michael? Hey, good morning. I had the slowest checker ever yesterday at a, a local, we'll say it rhymes with Target, but um, <laughs> it was literally like this, guys. It, it was honestly, it was like, boop. <laughs> boop. <laughs> right. And the problem was, is what they were doing is they were scanning one item, and I was in line waiting for this checker. They would scan one item, then talk to the person, have a conversation, scan an item, have a conversation, scan an item. And so it was like scanning was like, you know, something that was secondary. Right. Exactly. exactly. Kind of getting you know, in the way of my get, storytelling. Right. <laughs> I've got a target story I've been hanging on to for a long time. I need to get so much distance between it happening and me telling it because I don't want the guy to hear it and hurt his feelings because right. it seemed like a nice old guy. But he huh. was he was doing the same thing. He had long stories about his life and everything like that. Oh, boy. That so, were being interrupted by his trying to check me out. So I'm in a long line, and we're all looking at each other. And I almost, I was very tempted to just get out of line, run up to where the items were, and start scanning them myself <laughs> and say, I know people don't normally do this, but I'm going <laughs> to... That'd How be hard can it be? That'd beep, be pretty funny. Beep, Do you mind beep. if I run these items by while you're telling your story? <laughs> Listen, they, just yeah. reach over here. The scanning really seems to be interfering with your storytelling. <laughs> let me let me handle that. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? I too had a bit of a a commerce uh, kind of dilemma. I was uh, doing as I do on the weekend, ordering Chinese food because I was participating in a video game tournament. I couldn't be bothered with the nuances of of grocery shopping like an adult, so I just ordered some some food to be delivered to my house. Uh, over the phone, they tell me, all right, your total is going to be about 28 and some change. I say, perfect. Uh, I'll pay with cash. And they say, okay, perfect. So they, the guy shows up. I hand him two 20s, so $40 for 28. I was going to I was gonna tip him a little bit. But he looked at me and says, I don't have change. I said, what? <laughs> he said, I don't have change. And were I not in the middle of a conversation on the phone that I needed to get back to um, in between rounds of the video game, I have a very busy weekend. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys see that. <laughs> Uh, I would have engaged in a Seinfeldian, well, so what do we do now? Sort of back and <laughs> exactly. forth kind of staring contest, but I couldn't do that, so I just said, all right, well, enjoy the last order I ever get from you guys and send them on my way. Now, do I just let it go there and living well being the best revenge? Mm. Do I make a follow-up call letting them know, hey, listen, that's really not cool? Do I escalate it more to like a better business bureau type thing? Like what... I, 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 Is there a presumption of change in these interactions? We need to examine the constitutional. Hell yes! Hell yes! I'm not doing uh, business with you. You don't have change. What the freak are you talking about? You don't have change. I told you what the bill is. $34. Get $34, (laughs) bitch, or go somewhere else, huh? I'm buying something. I I gave you some money. No Chinese for you. Yeah, do we need to take the 20, walk us, we both walk to the corner store, see if we can get four or fives? Like, I had a. I don't know. If you're, this, if you're not going to have change, you got to let me know on the phone or something. Like, it would be pretty we, funny if you went to their store and they said, we don't have any change. We can, <laughs> we can revisit this later because this was the subject of most of our dinner conversation last night. As as both the boys ran out to mom at some point yesterday and said, dad's yelling at some guy on the phone. Oh, <laughs> boy. Because <laughs> I was trying to order a movie from Dish oh, and it boy. didn't go well. Oh, boy. <laughs> And the conversation turned to, you know, when we should let these things go and all that I, sort of I stuff. I certainly so. could understand how ordering a movie from Dish would turn into yelling at people. Well, That's, you uh, wouldn't think it would. You wouldn't think it would. Here we go. You wouldn't think it would unless the guy's telling me you can't do it that way. I did it yesterday the exact same way. No, that can't be done. I did it yesterday the exact same way. I've had so many fights over pay-per-view movies. <laughs> 
And the guy kept telling me the movie doesn't exist. I'm looking at the screen. It's right there. We don't have that movie. What what do you mean you don't have that movie? I'm looking at your screen. It says Dish in the Corner. It's got the name of the movie right there. That movie, we don't have that movie. You are so in the new Jackass movie or something like that. It was a prank. Somebody had taken over their phone bank. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I got to tell you, I am a good American. I have paid my taxes in full. And I sent a note along with my return asking for a full rundown of where my money's going. I'm waiting to see what kind of a response I get back. You, me, and Cardi B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what Indeed. the hell are they doing with my money? Indeed. All a good question. Yeah, I'm receiving no refund this year. I am paying and paying and paying, and I'm glad to do it because I am a proud American. Oh, God, you're a sucker. You're a sap. <laughs> Trying to rent. You're the, a subject, not a citizen. Trying to Wake rent. Up. Trying to rent the cartoon Ferdinand, the the, the bullfighting uh, cartoon. Right. If you've ever seen that, mm. and he said, uh, f- "Spell that for me." F e r d. Look under F e r d. Um, f o r. No, F e r. F e r d. F f u r. He yeah. might have been just jerking with me. Wow, it sounds like a prank to me. <laughs> sounds like somebody let their buddy sit in, or it's. It's a documentary of some sort. I wonder. It's going to be on Kimmel tonight, the whole phone call. <laughs> Listen to this stupid guy trying to write a movie for his kids. Some college project. Listen how frustrated he gets when we claim we don't even have the movie and that you can't order over the phone. I did it yesterday. I know you can. You can hear the frustration in his voice <laughs> as it builds and builds. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, April 16th, the year 2018. We are Armstrong and Getty. You know, we're setting you straight in 21-8, and we approve of this program. All right, here's the beginning of the show officially now. According to FCC rules and regs, we're going to go at Mark. Honestly, never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I don't know whether the, the current president of the United States was with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow in 2013. Oh, there you it's go. It's possible, oh, but I don't know. You yeah. know. You got a chance to say that a number of times, didn't you? In America, anything's possible. And Moscow, too, apparently. It's like he had that written on his hand, and he just kept looking. I'll mention that again. (laughs) Got to make sure I say that phrase a few times. He's got an alarm on his Fitbit to remind him to mention it every four or five minutes. Do you think he actually worked with, like, a PR person on how to sell books? Because, I mean, that. Yeah. that, That sounds like... Oh, yeah, he got zillions of dollars. I'll bet he's been in bunches of meetings. That sounds like you're talking to Lady Gaga's PR person. Make sure you mention the PP prostitutes. Work it into various parts of the conversation. Yeah, yeah, they're doing a good job. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, Kobe Trump, war of words and tweets really heats up. Following Friday attacks, U.S. is warning Syria we are still locked and loaded. And yet more proof. Sitting is the new smoking. Coming up minutes from now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Trying to terrify us as usual, Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, How does mailbag look? Oh, my gosh, it's outstanding. We have the weekly shower thoughts, among other things. Yeah, we got more clips from uh, Comey and Stephanopoulos last night and uh, various people's opinions on the whole thing. Seems to be pretty solid agreement. Nothing we didn't already know. And why the shots it is uh, hair and skin color, among other things. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Texted, 
Jack must be on some kind of let's mess with this customer national database. (laughs) You know, the more I think of it, the more I think that might have been what was going on. There's some bored guy who uh, got a job he doesn't like happening to answer phones at the dish. Now, having told him he can't order the movie in the way that he always does, let's tell him the movie doesn't even exist. (laughs) Let's listen in. Guess how long we were on the phone before I finally gave up. Oh, boy. This this shows where I'm really in the wrong. And, I, and this is the conversation I had with my kids. Was a, you know what? It ended up being a teachable moment. Oh, that's nice. That's about, nice. About the being right versus happy. I said, I got caught up in being right, and there was no point in it. Mm. That didn't make anybody happy. I should have just recognized that he either was incompetent, it wasn't good at his job or didn't know or something. Right. And moved on. I was on the phone with the guy for 24 minutes. Good Lord. Oh. When I finally said, this isn't going anywhere. I just, I got to give up. Wow. Thank especially you for your help. You can hang up and, and call back and get somebody different. Yeah. Well, I was on hold for like 11 minutes before I even got a human oh, being. So no. it wasn't that easy. Oh, to... boy. Ain't nobody got time for that. That's what I'm saying. And the, the reason I was so desperate to entertain my kids with something, because I had something I had to get done. Mm-hmm. I had some paperwork and stuff I needed to get done. And I just wanted this movie so bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. 24 minutes. Yeah. After being on hold for 11 for minutes. For a transaction that ought to. Cost ten. That's what I told him. I said I did this yesterday. It took four entire minutes, including being on hold to order a movie. Wow! You got to get you a smart TV. That's great. Just clickety click. Is there anybody you can talk to there? Is there a manager of any kind? He put me on hold for a long time. He said, "I got a wild one on the phone here." I said, "The movie doesn't exist," and he's still (laughs) trying to do it. (laughs) Is there anybody there with frontal lobe in their brain? (laughs) Mailbag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, before we get into the weekly shower thoughts, this is going to be fun, everybody. We have an angry email from, well, it's signed, goodbye, from the Henderson family. They're not going to listen anymore. Uh Uh-oh. They're leaving. On what time? We will miss your wicked senses of humor, is the last line. Well, here, the first line is, you both used to be centrist, moderate, political talk radio. Then, another sentence, then, we will miss your wicked senses of humor. Now, here's the test. Have we gone too nutty right wing or too far left in this complaint? Could be either. They could be Trump fans that feel like we're not being fair. <clears throat> or the other way. We've become fascists. Exactly. Guys, you're now liberal. Who had liberal? <laughs> Who had Lefty? You're a winner. And we can't stand listening to either of you any longer. We will miss your wicked senses of humor. Well, I I would say to the Henderson family, you have a wicked sense of humor, and and I want everybody who has called me all sorts of terrible things for being such a right-winger and a fascist and the rest of it through the years, I hope you appreciate that the Henderson family is now accusing me of some sort of flaming liberalism. That's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, our weekly shower thoughts. Hmm? Oh, first of all, let's do our freedom-loving quote of the day and our despotism-loving quote of the day. Freedom-loving quote of the day passed along by Ben the Libertarian. It's my, uh, my literary hero, H.L. Mencken. I guess he's more journalistic than literary, but uh, his journalism is literary in its uh, literariness. The most dangerous man to any government is the man who is a... And woman, too. Back in the day, they didn't think about you ladies nearly as much as they should have. We'll say person. 
The most dangerous person to any government is the person who is able to think things out for themselves without regard to the prevailing superstitions and taboos. Almost inevitably, they come to the conclusion that the government they live under is dishonest, insane, and intolerable. And so, if they are romantic, they try to change it. And even if they are not a romantic personality, they are very apt to spread discontent among those who are. Bunch of thinking for yourselves listening to this show. I listened to, uh, I read an interest. I didn't listen to it. I read an interesting article about uh, surprising women that were against women getting the vote, mm. including Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm. And uh, maybe I'll talk about that later. Mm. So, uh, the argu- a lot of the arguments were, some people made the argument, I think it was Eleanor Roosevelt, that women just weren't uh, thinking on as high a plane as men. Right. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> But the main argument from the we shouldn't vote crowd was that it was going to drag us into this low conversation of politics that men are involved, and we'd like to be on a higher plane than that. Which How many is times not, have I used the word grubby to describe yeah, politics? Which it's is incredibly It's grubby. not an incredibly stupid argument. I mean, no. you, you, women have to have the right to vote, obviously. I'm not well, saying that. But I could see how you you could make the argument, let's have some segment of society that argues about this without the politics. You should absolutely, use the principles, yeah. should absolutely have the right to vote, but why would you want to? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like James Comey getting down in the muck. He's dirty. Uh, oh, we only have a minute. Our... Uh, Despotism-loving quote of the day, uh, sent along by Jeremy in Eagle, Idaho, is none other than Dolph Hitler. Uh, I use emotion for the many and reserve reason for the few. Hmm. You hear what he's saying there? Do you? I do. Whipping up the populace, but then, you know, when it comes to your cronies, you're going to talk plain. I hear Joe has found a loophole to quote Hitler in the <laughs> opening parts of the show. That's what I hear. <laughs> We have almost no time for the weekly shower thoughts. Maybe we'll get to it later. I'll hit you with one or two. Horses were the first labor force to lose their jobs to robots. Wow, no doubt. Speaking of cars, if you drive a new car, you're rich. If you drive an old car, you're poor. If you drive a super old car, you are super rich. Also true. You got a Pierce Arrow, you're very rich. Uh, Marshall's News coming up, and then we'll get back to Mailbag, y'all on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Also, the IG report came out on Friday on uh, to the extent to which McCabe lied to people as uh, the acting FBI director at the time. Instagram yeah. report? Uh, yeah, the Instagram report. Um, so here, here's my, my feature. Jack Armstrong's the big picture. Comey saying out loud that he made decisions based on the polls in a presidential race. McCabe making decisions obviously based on politics. And, uh, and that, that's why he lost his job. The idea, even though they, they can say it over and over and if they want, Loretta Lynch yep. and Bill Clinton and everything, as Comey points out in his book, they can say it over and over again if they want, but the Justice Department thinks about politics. Politics play a role. There's no way you can deny that. Sure. Yeah. Even the Supreme Court justices do as they're looking at cases. It's, just, it's the real world. We'd like to think they're entirely independent in kind of a high and aloof way, but they're not. That's why you have to constantly scrutinize what they do and don't trust anybody. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, former FBI Director James Comey really ran down President Trump during his first televised interview since being fired. Comey telling ABC's 2020 George Stephanopoulos last night. A person who sees moral equivalence in Charlottesville 
who talks about and treats women like they're pieces of meat, who lies constantly about matters big and small and insists the American people believe it, that person's not fit to be president of the United States on moral grounds. Our president must embody respect and adhere to the values that are at the core of this country, the most important being truth. This president is not able to do that. He is morally unfit to be president. I think it's important that we as a nation come together and have a poll, a giant poll, where everybody can participate if they want on whether the guy ought to be president again or not. Yeah. I think everybody ought to get a vote on who should be president and who shouldn't. Well, he says that at some point in the interview. He mm-hmm. says... Uh, no impeachment. He doesn't want to let the American people off the hook. They should vote him out of office. Well, we'll see if that's what happens. But Trey Gowdy said yesterday on, on Fox, he said, okay, you, you think the guy's morally unfit. Um, you're not you're not telling us this because you think he's morally unfit. You're telling this because you got fired and you're mad about it and you want to sell books. <laughs> w- would you still be working for that president who you thought was morally unfit if he hadn't fired you? Or would you have told us you thought he was morally unfit? Which is a pretty good question. Yeah, yeah. President Trump going after the former FBI director on Twitter again this morning. Trump accusing Comey of lying under oath, being disgruntled, and, in his words, committing many crimes. Yesterday, Trump sent out a series of tweets blasting Comey, including this one. Slippery James Comey, a man who always ends up badly and out of whack. He is not smart. Will go down as the worst FBI director in history by far. That's a Trumpian tweet if there ever was one. Yes. Slippery James Comey. I think he's got a nickname, though. And Comey did say he thought the president was of above average intelligence yes. and completely with it and not m- mentally degraded or any of those right, things. Right, that, that narrative which lasted about a week. By the way, uh, Trump, <laughs> Trump says and does all kinds of things I wish he wouldn't say or do, but the idea that he treats women as pieces of meat so he can't be president, we've had a number of presidents who did that. Some yeah. of them are among the most revered presidents in our nation's history. Yeah, I, yeah this, it just strikes me as a politics book. A pretty high prominent guy, given his opinion of the president, having known him a little bit, and it's harshly critical, but there's nothing, nothing at all significant to, I mean, the Russia thing, there's nothing. Obstruction of justice, pretty much nothing. It's just the, I mean, the, the subtitle of the book ought to be, The President's a Dick, because that's pretty much what the book is. <laughs> the Man, this, this... A higher duty. The President <laughs> is a Dick. James Comey. Saying he's not as tall as I thought he would be right. and his ties are too long. I mean, what the hell? Yeah, get him, James. <laughs> get him. <laughs> Shirt your tie, idiot. <laughs> the British are saying inspectors still are not being allowed access to the site of that alleged chemical weapons attack in Syria. Yeah, I wonder why. The independent inspectors got there on Saturday. The British said that Syria and Russia have not yet allowed them to enter the suburb where the attack reportedly happened. How about the fact that we haven't even mentioned that in its, you know, we're 40 minutes into the show. We attacked another country yep. over the weekend. Eh, that was so 48 hours ago. Yeah, we got other a things, few bombs at Old Assad. Other things to talk about. Yeah, President Trump announcing that action on Friday night. A short time ago, I ordered the United States Armed Forces to launch precision strikes on targets associated with the chemical weapons capabilities of Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. When Trump addressed the nation, he called the Syrian president a monster for carrying out a chemical weapons attack on his own citizens, and Trump also called out Iran and Russia as well. To Iran and to Russia, I ask, 
What kind of a nation wants to be associated with the mass murder of innocent men, women, and children? Uh, that's a good question, but we... Uh, Ours. Signed Vlad Putin and the Mullahs. Um, another very complicated issue that I assume we'll talk more about uh, later in the morning, but... So, yeah, he's a monster. Who would kill his people like that? Well, he's killed hundreds of thousands of people in all kinds of gruesome ways. And we're okay with that as long as you don't use chemical weapons this time. They've used chemical weapons, we say, 50 times. A lot of other organizations say as many as 200 times. Uh, so it's somewhere between 50 and 200 times, and twice we've said, all right, that's enough. Um, now, you can drop you know, b- bombs full of nails and everything like that on a hospital and, and all that. And we're cool with it, apparently. So it's 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 not an easy moral ground to figure out where we are on. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think we're in the right. Uh, could we be righter? Yeah. Speaking but... as Jonah Goldberg, we've got him on tomorrow. We'll ask him about this. But he said yesterday, they would seem our policy is if videos come out of children being gassed, we'll strike. Other than that. If it's a big news story. Other than that, we, yeah. we let you do it. Yeah. Which is kind of an odd... Uh, Policy. I'm not arguing for more. It just seems to be what the policy is. Well, switching gears now, there was another Country Music Awards show. This, the Academy of Country Music Awards. And I think Chris, this is the biggest one. Yes. And Chris Stapleton won Album of the Year. As host Reba McIntyre put it, though, that win was his the second biggest news for him that night. You know, Chris couldn't be here because Morgan's expecting twins. We just found out that... Those little rascals came a little bit early. <laughs> Hooray for birth! <laughs> we need people. Those little rascals. <laughs> it was also Staples' for, uh, 40th birthday, so big night for he, Chris Staples. He sent his beard to accept the awards. <laughs> he's, he's winning the Album of the Year awards, gets played on the radio almost yeah. not at all. Yeah. I think he gets played more on this show than any country radio station. Right. Um, who votes for him? None of, what are, who are the voters for the Academy of Country Music? I don't know. None of the country music, because I hear a lot of it because yeah. my kids are into the stations. Um, none of the country music sounds anything like what he's putting out. I mean, not even within a hundred miles, right. which is fine, but it's just a different genre of music. So it's kind of weird. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of a nation. It's really notable that nobody's playing him. I mean, rock radio isn't playing his songs, are they? I, I don't think he gets hardly played anywhere. It's He's a critical darling, but I don't think he gets played anywhere commercially. Like I said, I think he gets more spins on this show than he does anywhere else. But he sells tons of downloads or whatever and wins lots of awards. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. I like it. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, we attacked a country. Iran and uh, Israel are going to go to war, according to Tom Friedman in the New York Times. He said that's the story nobody's paying any attention to. What are you going to (laughs) do? Hey, I need to... I need to point out that we joined with our good friends, the Brits and the French, in that attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, it was a coalition of the willing. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Um, Yeah, what Rachel Maddow said as soon as the news broke that the bombs were falling. Oh, boy. Got a fair amount of attention over the weekend, so maybe we'll get to that at some point. You got more mailbag, right? You want to do that? Yeah, if we want to. Sure, Sure. why not? Plus, we have Matt Zapatoski of the Washington Post to talk about the Comey book at the top of the hour. Hmm. Whether it'll actually have any significance other than juicy, juicy gossip. 
It's going to have a lot of significance to James Comey's uh, financial situation. He's already a wealthy man. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, good girl. Your head in the clouds. I bet you I can tell you what you're thinking about. You'll see a good boy. Gonna give you the world. But he's gonna leave you crying with your heart in the dirt. His lips are dripping, honey. This week, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg testified before Congress for a total of 10 hours and exactly zero blinks. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't bring back the Zuckerberg character. I was very disappointed in that. <laughs> Missed yeah. opportunity. Yeah, it is. It That's really weak. is. Um, bah, duh. But a great monologue from a hilarious stand-up comedian that we're going to play a large portion of later just because it was damned, damned funny. We have so much stuff today. I know. Some days this job is like bending spoons with your mind. It's just impossible. Today is not one of those. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> Choosing what to do right. is the difficult part. Aggregating. Then deciding. The old A and D. You know, we could do mailbag. I mean, for instance, we got this. Uh, David sent this along. There was a young man from Cork who got limericks and haikus confused. <laughs> that's that's pretty damn that, clever. That is about as funny as anything I've ever heard. That tickles me. Yeah, that I is like really that. really funny. Yeah, here's Micah, who's <laughs> been. Uh, Listing himself as an oldster in online forums and Facebook and the rest. He's constantly getting invitations to join arthritis research groups and retirement communities. They haven't caught on that he's 25 yet. Mm. He just habitually provides fake information online all the time. Take that, Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, I give my phone number from three houses ago regularly. I don't know who has that phone number now. But that's the phone number I always give out. Hope you enjoy the robocalls. That when are I fill out anything. Headed to me. Hey, greetings, Joe, writes uh, Andy. New name for the bullet train. Call it the 5150 to L.A. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty funny. It is pretty funny. That's clever. Uh, yeah, we'll save this one for later. I'm feeling a little down this morning. Uh my band is, we're working on our third album. I was really excited third about it. Third album, wow. Yeah, well, you know, we've sold like a total of 1,800 in our entire existence. But um, It's 1,800 more than almost every human being listening. Yeah, I guess, and I hope people are still enjoying the music. I'm pretty proud of it, but, uh, but I work on the songs at home, usually alone, upstairs in the music room, um, and my only audience is Baxter, the dog. Well, Baxter left his review a couple of days ago. Oh, really? I didn't discover it until last night when I went up to play, but uh, it was not a kind review. The album Shark Sandwich got a two-word review. <laughs> he, uh, he left his review right on the carpet. The poor boy's been having intestinal problems. Hmm. And, Haven't uh, we all? Yeah, no kidding. And uh, yeah, oh boy. Oh, golly. So we're taking him to the vet today, but yeah. Well, at least the carpet is like eggshell. It's really light colored. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So anyway. And you like to be reminded of that. So. We'll be putting an amplifier right there <laughs> for as long as we own the house. 
And you know what? If you buy our house someday down the line, I recommend you move the amps upstairs. Take a look what's under them. All right, buyer beware, huh? So does he have to wear that white cone that you put on? <laughs> the cone of shame. The cone of shame. I doubt it. I, I'm a little concerned about him, though. He's, he's had to gallop a trot for like five days now. What are you so. feeding him? Papa Don't. John's pizza. Same thing as anybody else feeds their dog. <laughs> and red wine. <laughs> Cheap pizza and wine. Uh, no, we're feeding him the same dog food he's eaten for months. So I don't know. I'm confused by it. Oh, hey, we got a note in, in mailbag that uh, from Mark in Concord, California. Um, And he says, on this day, guys, that income taxes are due, have you ever wondered about the origins of the U.S. income tax? Well, I have, actually, and I've read about it a fair amount, et cetera. But uh, he reminded me of something I'd completely forgotten. The income tax was initiated... Well, let me put it to you like this. When the do-gooders were trying to pass prohibition, one of their major challenges, and Ken Burns actually brought this up in his documentary, one of the major challenges was that the federal government was heavily dependent on alcohol taxes. And so the do-gooders wondered, how can we pass this and not, you know, you know, default? The answer was an income tax. Mm. And so that is the main reason the income tax came into being, to make up for the loss of liquor taxes. And then, of course, when, what was it, 14 years later, something like that, they, uh, what's the word, uh, revoked, remanded, uh, reversed, uh, you know, jacked up prohibition, um, they got rid of the income tax. Repealed. Repealed. That's the word I'm looking for. Of course, when they repealed prohibition, then the income tax I peeled this banana. I left the room. Who repealed it? (laughs) But, of course, that's sarcasm, everybody. Ha, 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 ha. They did not remove the income tax at all. They grew it. Because government does only one thing. It grows. Yet another temporary government program. The freaking income tax. Just to make up for prohibition uh, revenue losses. I have my tax speech. I'll save it for tomorrow, tax day. Oh, that's right. Tomorrow is tax day for mm-hmm. some reason. It's the 15th, unless the 15th falls on a weekend, and because you can't freak people out on a Monday, then it's got to be a Tuesday, <laughs> according to federal statutes. You can't freak people out on a Monday. <laughs> it's a good law. So we're going to talk to a reporter coming up about the Comey book. We're into that, so stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's see. How much time do we have, I, Michael? You know, I was uh, 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 I was under the impression that I was going to read it on Friday. I, I can't imagine reading it at this point. <sighs> yeah, I was really excited about it myself, but now I I don't know. I, it might be some nice behind the scenes stuff about you know how it works, going to the White House and running the FBI and that sort of thing. I'd find it interesting, but in terms of like a red hot political uh, set of revelations, nah. He was the featured author in the New York Times book review this weekend, which I thought was interesting. He's an author, okay. I assume he sat down and told somebody a bunch of stories and wrote the book. But anyway, uh-huh. um, so he's not exactly an author. But anyway, uh, they asked him a bunch of questions, and one of them is uh, uh, one of his answers was the best book out there. If you want to know how intelligence and counterintelligence actually works. And the current state of Russia, he said Red Sparrow is dead on. Wow. So I'm going to read I have not read it. I'm going to read that because he said it is absolutely the way things work. Well, in, in the third one, I read the third one. But the, anyway, go, look, just Google the Red Sparrow trilogy or we'll put up a link or something. But I'm telling you, we interviewed the author. 
And I told him I was freaked out reading the book because it seemed like it was giving away all of our operational secrets. But I guess all that's out there in spycraft. Spies know how spies spy. Uh, Comey was asked, what literary character do you most admire? And he said Atticus Finch, which some people are saying was really high-handed, I'm on a white horse with a crown. Imagine that. <laughs> which fits into the entire book. James Comey? Slimeball. <laughs> Lion slime ball. Yeah. James Comey. That's what I say. We're going to talk to a, a, with an examiner reporter coming up about that on the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.